0: What's going on, everybody? This is Big McEnroe, a.k.a. Rod Bailey, and this is the Peanuts and Corn podcast. This is episode two of the McEnroe Brandon series, and it's brought to you by UGSmag.com. I want to thank you all for listening. And today's episode, we're going to roll out three more tracks from the McEnroe, Big McEnroe Brandon album. And I'm very excited to be sharing those new songs with you. As well, I have uh, a special guest who's going to join me throughout the episode. We had a long conversation and I'm going to play you bits of it. And that is my good friend, Tyler Sneesby, AKA DJ Honeycut. And um, so we'll be playing some tracks and also some of the music that we were getting into when we were young. So we're kind of covering the years 1987, 88 and 89 in this uh, episode uh, being in junior high discovering new music discovering skateboarding and sort of where we fit in into the world of um brandon manitoba canada um so we're gonna get right into it uh, with my conversation with tyler and um so one of the things that we got into early was talking about where brandon is and what kind of town it was because i didn't really touch on it too much um in episode one so i'll get right into my conversation with tyler and we're talking about uh setting the scene for brandon manitoba
1: hello tyler hi uh thanks thanks for having me it's, uh, it's i'm looking forward to this
0: yes um we got a lot to cover you know the first episode dropped and you had uh you were the first person to hear it and you kind of mentioned that we should set the scene a little bit for people a little better about brandon itself where it is and uh, what kind of a town it is and sort of uh set the scene for late 80s brandon manitoba so why don't you why don't you take a start let's start there what do you what do you uh what do you have to say about that
1: well i mean yeah, brandon is I mean now it's probably not even fifty thousand people. It's probably forty-five thousand. But back then I think it was not even forty thousand people. It what uh, had three high schools. It had two McDonald's. You know, it it was <laughs> there was not a lot. There's not a lot of culture there. I would say even to this day I think it was uh the the, the culture was hockey. You know I think there was there was the. The Western Hockey League, the WHL, Wheat Kings, which were which was what everybody was into, and um, you know, and if you uh, if you um, didn't play hockey, you probably at least watched hockey, and it was it's known as the Wheat City because it uh, it was sort of the center of the agricultural area of Western Manitoba. So if you were like us and were weirdos you were certainly um a uh, a you were ostracized and b you you sort of we we all the weirdos sort of found each other uh, regardless of age i think if if we were older like uh, if you were if, if you were older you you um it didn't matter we we sort of all crossed crossed over and and the, th- the subcultures weren't 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 big enough to sustain themselves so all the weirdos sort of found each other whether you were punk rockers or or skateboarders or or you know part of the LGBTQ community whatever you just we all sort of found each other because we were the we were the weirdos in a very cultureless city that's and, how I describe Brandon
0: right and so what I kind of what I'm kind of curious about is that you know, when I when I moved to went to Brandon from Winnipeg in grade eight, which you know I have the song about and we t- I talked about on the last uh, episode. You were already skateboarder. Like, how did you get pulled into being a weirdo, quote unquote? Because you grew up playing hockey, you know, and, and your brother I think played hockey, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. was happening. And your dad was a hockey fan, and so it was all going fine. And then all of a sudden, you're a skateboarder and a weirdo. What happened? what 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 was the influence like what was the forces that made you you know sort of reject the tight pants and the hockey and the mustang 5.0 what happened
1: yeah it's a good question because i was raised you know my my i i guess i was just a sensitive soul maybe i think uh, i didn't like hockey culture from a very early i mean i didn't like hockey culture I, I, there was a point where I've, I really liked it, but I wasn't very good at hockey. And I also, so I think the, the players who were better at hockey on my teams would, would, um, I don't know, tease me or whatever. And, um, I think that pushed me away from hockey. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I was always art- an artist. Like, I was always illustrating and drawing, and I was always, um, it, doing um so i was always i guess i had an artistic side to me that uh, from, from when i was young and then when um i started uh going to new era in the fourth grade that is the french immersion school and i guess the the rest of us who were going to french immersion the kelly Clemmicks and the bird eastmans and the richard Widdens and the Derek connexons and None of us were, were jocks, and um, we, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure what compelled us to start skateboarding.
0: All right, thanks to Tyler. He's going to be back with me shortly, but I did want to get into some music this is the next track off the brandon album track five and this is called 88 the new music so this track breaks down a lot of the transformation and the music that we are starting to listen to as we got into grade eight and grade nine and we're going to get into that with tyler after this uh after this break so let's check this out this is 88 the new music from mac and big mac and rose brandon mm-hmm. Other kids who put me on the brave new waves. A new sound, some new faves. Like boys don't cry and pretty girls make graves. You couldn't find these tapes in the weak city. You got on dubs from an older sibling A to take a trip to the big city Hit records on wheels, pick up something risky Cop the new Morrissey, maybe some screaming trees Records by the Minutemen, Mud, honey, and Pixies I couldn't understand, oh here comes your man Never hit the top ten, it's a certified banger Me and my friends never harbored any anger We just soaked it all in, dark music from a stranger That spoke to us personal Teen stranded in a town with nothing much else to do. We'd sit around at night watching videos, take city limits every week till the bait is full. I listen back and think of the days ago. I'd write my favorite songs in ink till the page was full. Make a mixtape 90 minutes of songs about sadness, loneliness, dying timid, or frustrations, hating on authority. And none of it made it on the radio. Sorry.
1: More often, you're watching the CKX Television Prime Ticket.
0: All right, so that's 88, the new music. That is uh, from the Big Mac and Row Brandon album, like all the tracks that we play are. And um, so that obviously gets into some of the new music that I was starting to discover. Like I said at the beginning, I moved to Brandon. I was kind of radio agnostic. I'd just hear what was in the background and wasn't too... Uh, into figuring out new music or exploring or going to the record shop but but very quickly hanging out with Tyler and Derek Gunlickson and a bunch of other people and meeting some other skateboard dudes and all kinds of stuff Then I got into all kinds of music and became obsessed with music so I would get music from my friends you would also watch City Limits and other shows on much music you would watch or sorry you'd listen to brave new waves um to sort of get some of this alternative music and one of the one of the things that i say in that song which is uh how come here comes your man is not a not a single i could never understand like i understood like certain songs really punk rock songs obviously they're not going to be on kx96 but i always thought here comes your man by the pixies was just such a beautiful song like why isn't this song on the radio it's just a beautiful song it's well sung it sounds great the guitar is great so let's hear a snippet of pixies here comes your man just an amazing beautiful piece of music and uh like i said i heard that and you know because a lot of the furly stuff i got that was really out there was like dead kennedy's and uh black flag and stuff like that i understood why that wasn't on the radio but pixies now you're getting into where this is really good stuff and how it's not that different from what you hear on the radio but i guess it was different enough i just didn't understand all right let's get back and let's talk music with tyler and we're going to talk about um where we were getting our music influences from and where we were actually getting obtaining copies of music for ourselves to own when i came to brandon i didn't have much um going on musically as far as being uh you know get being into any sort of subculture music and right from the get-go I believe you put me onto all kinds of interesting music from starting with things like Led Zeppelin and things that were in, you know your brother put you onto.
1: um mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm, I'm quite a bit younger than my older brother and sister so they were you know, my sister from my sister's influence, I got like the pop music. Though so, I mean, Elton John or uh, Genesis and Phil Collins or or um, you know, um, you know, Go Go's or whatever. And then uh, from my brother, it was um, it was Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and and not until about the sixth, not until about the seventh grade, did I start finding my own tastes, mostly because of much music so like things like Talking Heads or um you know Art of Noise because like Art of Noise had a big Art of Noise had a big hit with Max Headroom at the time because of that because of I got into Art of Noise and got their first record and you know uh, Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise which I had moments in love <laughs> up same with talking heads talking heads was still making wasn't broken up then they still had they were still making music videos so i mean like the videos for like and she was or um uh, road to nowhere those videos from like little creatures or true stories or even later on on naked those were those were charting on much music so i mean you were watching those the same time you were watching um madonna videos or don henley videos or tina turner videos like they were all this they were all the same those the difference was that i just gravitated towards the weirder stuff and so
0: where did you go to get a talking heads record when it was you know when you, you saw the video on much music and you said i want to get a copy of that where'd you go yeah you know,
1: i think you get stuff like that you know i was you know it's funny i would think i um I bought 45s back then. It's funny that I'm so into 45s again as, as, a, as an adult, but it makes sense that like my, some of my earliest records, I was bought like, like, I didn't buy. I remember not buying whole albums. Like when I did, I bought cassettes, but um, but I remember going to A&A at the Browning Gallery and, and buying cassettes or going to a place on Portage Avenue, Froggies, and um, um buying buying 45 buying yeah right and then it wasn't until later on when you were getting into rap music or some of the music that we were hearing on skate videos where it was like okay well you just can't go to the mall store and buy this stuff you had to you had to go to to the big to get that
0: Yeah. So on that note, you know, as we kind of progress in time, I remember whenever we went on a trip of some kind, it being such an adventure to get new music. And um, you know, we're not going to stay strictly on a timeline here, but you know, when we um, when we went to to Quebec, you got you got the first De La Soul. Um, I think it was a cassette single, twelve inch single,
1: yeah. Or was yeah. it twelve? Was it a cassette or a twelve I, or the record? The record that the Jennifer taught me 12 inch, yeah. The four I remember I'll tell you what the four records I bought that that would have been spring of spring of eighty-nine. Um the four the four things I bought there were Public Enemy's first two albums, Yo Bum Rush the Show and It Takes the Nation a Million. Yeah, I bought the Jennifer Taught Me Potholes in My Lawn 12 Inch because uh even though I had seen the video for me, myself and I on much music, which sort of led me down the, 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 the path um, and needed where I needed to get to De La Uh That wasn't out yet, nor was the whole album out yet. Um, so I bought. I found the Jennifer Taught Me 12 inch and the fourth album I bought on that trip was uh, Millie Vanilli. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I, bought, I bought that one on CD. It's very strange. I got the two public enemies on cassette I got the Dela 12 inch. And then for some reason I bought the Milli Vanilli on CD, you know, it needed to be, you know, digital quality or whatever reason, I guess right. maybe I, I made a difference because sh- I was buying rap on cause well, I wasn't even really, buying. I think that was probably like the first stuff I was buying on cause you know, probably like I probably hadn't bought, I was into rap. I was recording rap off of soul in the city or whatever much music was playing at the time, but like, I didn't probably own any rap. Yet, so that was probably the first stuff I bought was the two Public Enemies on the day last. Uh on that yeah, same that trip,
0: been, I believe That would have been yeah. 88 to 89. I think I got some Dead Kennedys on that trip, and I know I got the Mitsu album, which I played the heck out of. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple other places where we would hear, especially you know pre-rap. You know, you talk about um, you know going and getting rap music, but before that, when we were kind of more into the alternative stuff. Um, Do you remember starting to listen to either Brave New Waves or City Limits?
1: No question, both of those were major influences. Those were near the end of junior high and into high school. Like, I would say, like, 89, uh, 90. Um, For sure, Um, um, City Limits, seeing Sonic Youth videos, seeing um, the video for Silver Rocket. I remember, like, when um, Daydream Nation was dropping in 89 was the first video I remember seeing from that record. Just like Lush. I mean, this we're getting to high school now, but seeing like Lush like videos and stuff, Pixies videos. And uh and then on same with Brave New Waves, when it was um Brent Bambry was the host at that time. And yeah. Brave New Waves playing Ring 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 Haha ha, Hey for the first time. I remember hearing stuff off the of second Daylight Record, off of KMD, off of uh you know, Gangstar. A lot of... They would they would have always have a little hip-hop hunk in the, in the middle of all this weird music.
0: Uh, What about going to Minot to
1: get music? Was that a thing? Crossing the border? Totally a thing. Yeah, totally a thing. But um, my first collection of of cassettes, and my first... You know, I've always been a collector, whether, whether it was Star Wars, g.i. Joe, or Transformers, or comic books, or even once I got to the skateboards, like once a, a deck was trashed, I didn't throw that deck away. Like I had a wall of, of track decks, you know, and just kept everything because I have a collector. And then sneaker. So once, you know, I was collecting, skateboarding got me into collecting sneakers even though I trashed them all. And they were all covered in shoe goo and duct tape. They, I still yeah. kept all those sneakers. Um, but my first collection where I had to like own the mall was uh, Bill Cosby cassettes. Bill Cosby, right? I, I remember. So that. that's when. So when I was going to Minot, I was often digging for the hard to find, Albert Bill Cosby comedy tapes. Comedy tapes just couldn't. But later on in the later on um, in junior high, yeah, and and into high school, I remember going there and buying like umc's and um things like those those albums when going to like sam goody you could just go to the minot mall whatever the hell the minot mall um columbia or maybe that's great whatever you could just go to the minot mall and go to the sam goody and find
0: So, Minot, for people don't know, was just uh, across the border in North Dakota. Uh, so it's yeah. kind of the closest. It's again, it's a city and town, and to and it was a
1: city city. It was comparable to the size of of of, of Brandon, like it was 30, 40 people. But it was by the very nature of it being in the United States, what what was was that much more uh, exciting? Because, you know, go there and
0: says so you could cross the border and get some good rap tapes. And then the minot kids would have to cross the border to canada to get their april wine and brian adams tapes they'd come to brandon for that i assume all right so let's get into some more music this is another track from the big mac and roll brandon album And it is called 88, Tyler the Styler. So this is again, 1988. And this song is about my friendship with Tyler specifically. So there's a lot of stuff in here that we're gonna unpack after the song, but let's check this out. This is track six from the McEnroe Brandon LP. Swagger, no time to climb your social ladder. They called him Slacker, cause he'd rather laugh and chill and fill the platter. He'd play you records that you never heard, and if it's fresh, then he heard it first. He'll show you threads, tell you buy that, lead the trends. Jeans, and fly hats, he's a legend in the branding scene. Just my luck, he was friends with me. By my side through every grade, we'd go skateboarding every day. We love rock, new wave, and punk. Then we found rap, dug for drums, sweet rock, converse, high top chucks, same size feet so he switched him up. He took me to my first live show, the Beach Boys tour for Kokomo. You know I can't front. It was dope, and just the first of many, though. Like seeing Redfisher underage. At the Albert, we snuck backstage. Dressing older, like we grown. Had a blast, and our minds were blown. When he was born, they named him Tyler. But he dubbed himself the Styler. And you know I'd be a liar. To deny I'd been inspired. Cause his style and taste admired. Till my wasted youth expired. And I I can say with certainty, my life would look much differently if he hadn't been friends with me. If he hadn't been friends with me, my life would look much differently if he hadn't been friends with me. And I can say with certainty, my life would look much differently if he hadn't been friends with me. If he hadn't been friends with me.
1: too old or too young to start. Recreation Lanes, 126 10th Street in Brandon. In Brandon. In Brandon.
0: I want to talk about a couple things based on the song that I wrote about you, the song I dedicated to you, I wrote about you, um, about our friendship and you know, meeting you in grade 8 and and just hanging out with you and you being such a big influence on me. So a few things that I, I get into specifically um, one is, uh, do you remember taking me to my first live show at the um, Keystone Arena
1: of the Beach Boys? The, I believe it was the Kokomo Tour. I do, you know, it's... I do, of course. And it was you and me and I want to say my cousin, Right. Yeah, I think I who so. He was like total... He just sat on his hands and... You know, it's funny you mentioned this right after Minot because I had seen the Beach Boys at the Minot State Fair only the year, the summer before. So this was already my second time seeing the Beach Boys. Oh, man.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, um, I'd seen them the summer before with uh, John Stamos as their drummer. So, I don't know, <laughs> John St- <laughs> We saw them at the Keystone Center a year later. Um, and, and we were lucky because... If I remember correctly, it was that that era where Brian Wilson was back. And so he was, was piano or whatever it was. We, we saw this sort of good era where everybody who was, well, who was alive, Dennis, wasn't alive at the time, you know, but, um, yeah, we got, it was, it was pretty rad, pretty rad, pretty rad show. And we, danced, we stood up and danced the whole time. And oh yeah. My cousin, my cousin Bryce, we sat on his hands and. And didn't know how to behave because he was even more of a nerd than than us. We were <laughs> we were extroverted nerds. He was an introverted nerd. You know? Right. And
0: so to go from that, and then I remember a little later seeing like a band like the Hoover Effect play at the uh, skate park is a little different. The next. Well,
1: at the skate park was like Red Fisher back when Red Fisher was a four piece. Yeah. Um, and and. Uh, and they set up on the top of the that uh, grind they set up on the top of the 10 foot and that was their stage and.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like in the 91, which would have been, you would have been old enough to drive because your birthday is at the beginning of the year. But, um, I would, I mean, in the summer of 91, we went to see, well, at the time they were all, they had just become all, but descendant at the drunken arena, at the drunken arena, which is the Duncan arena in the East exchange district in Winnipeg. And, um, and that was the trip that was the same trip i want to say that's the same trip that we we went skateboarding with carl and steggles carl funk steggles and all the really rad winnipeg skateboarders yeah and um and because stefan was running skate at the time and so stefan was being a being a brandon connect like he you know he's go we'll go to we'll go to the secret ramp in the south end of town where steggles was blowing Huge airs and just being like pro level material and going to like the law court marvel and like watching Carl Funk just like all the massive like method, all method errors over garbage cans, yeah. you know, and then getting and then I think that was was that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the same trip where we went to the Albert. Was, I, I don't was associate 15. that
0: with the all thing, but I remember us, I wanted to talk about us getting like Stefan showing us around the town, taking us to the skate spots and then sneak us, sneaking us into the Albert, at, you know, you're 15, I'm 16 or whatever it was. And just what a wild, mm-hmm. wild time that was. And what I a remember, contrast that is from seeing the beach boys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember we were skate. We were, I remember us being at VJ's, uh, and, um, we had just ordered our burger our special and fries or whatever. And then, um, then say, Oh, we gotta go and we we're like, Oh, all this food so I remember shoving French fries into our pocket. That's right. And, and uh <laughs> and then we got snuck up the fire escape of the Albert and we hung up or we hung out in the um in the uh dressing room of, and it was um the the bands were Hoover Effect and uh maybe it was Ray Fisher, but Hoover Effect and Gorilla Red Gorilla. Gorilla which of Gorilla. course is, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hoover Effect, and it was Hoover effect last show, I want to... Okay. And it was Grilla Grilla, who, of course, is Biff, Biff Naked's band back when she met Billy, lead of Grilla And we just sort of hung out in their dressing room until it was time to, like, usher us down the front stairs. You know, if you've ever been to the Albert, everybody, like, ushered us down and snuck us in the front door, and we just sort of sn- sat at one of the tables eating french fries out of our you know <laughs> grease-stained shorts pocket <laughs> watching watching this rock rock and it was really really great um is there mm-hmm. anything
0: else from that song about you that you want to talk
1: about that you can remember
0: i also had a note about us switching shoes but i don't think it's really uh
1: yeah i mean there is the note about the chuck taylors but um the the line about the switching shoes and the chuck taylors but they were be- beyond being the um high top chalk tailors they were like the wrestling boot tail they were like those fold down kind with the different color on the inside right and if you wore them laced yeah. all the way up they were as tall as wrestling boot. and mine were like um mine were like turquoise with yellow on the inside and yours gray with pink on the inside that's right and I remember that but yeah because because we had the same shoe size we just swapped them out and uh and because and we would sometimes wear them not folded over so that they looked like weird ass you know people you know again it was just another way that people thought we we were weirdo which we were
0: the thing i want to want to hit what i hit on on that is that where was i getting my sense of style well i was getting it from you so where were you getting your sense of style i know it wasn't from me because i was you're the leader i was the follower no question Like you got those boots like those converse shoes that fold down and then i went and got a pair as well like you i didn't get them first and that was kind of true with most stuff i think especially at that time like grade 8 grade 9 grade 10 you know it's like besides me getting a vision streetwear shirt i don't think there was much that i did that you didn't have have a say in as far as like you know you know maybe the dead kennedy shirt or whatever but you know where were you getting
1: but yeah I mean As to where my Influence came from It's a really good question It was was I mean my brother Is Is Is, is zany And silly and, and 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 But he was You know He was Pretty regular Just a regular A regular guy Like but he yeah. had a great sense of humor And he was silly And um, But he was a regular guy And he You know He wasn't into Anything As a matter of fact I remember when I was getting into the the SST stuff because of skate videos, because of the Santa Cruz video, he was actually like listening to like fire hose and going, Oh, that's pretty good. You know, like he yeah. was like actually getting into he heard windmilling and then was like, Oh, wow, pretty good song. Cause it is just kind of just like, I don't know, it could be Creedence Clearwater Revival, kind of. You know, it could just be like California rock, kind of. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. problem that's a really good question because i don't actually know i just think i must have been probably it was probably born out of my insecurities of being i don't know like i was always a a, a class clown you know from like grade two onward yeah and um and so um i mean and of course all of that is rooted in insecurity so right. i mean all of that is is you trying to be big and bombastic and obnoxious and, and and um so that you feel seen i suppose i mean i'm sure it's all rooted in that but as far as particular style where that came from that's a really good question i guess it was just coming from um skate culture uh you know i was in, i was a fan of not i was a fan of not and i was a fan of gons and skate and street skaters of that time and, And they certainly had their style, Gons especially, was like very weird and, you know, unique. You can't say enough
0: enough about how how much influenced those skate videos that we, you know, we talked on the last episode about us getting dubs of two or three generations of these um, skate videos when we got mm -hmm. our hands on them, but we watched them so much that they just are like imprinted on your memory and we'd pick mm-hmm. them apart and it's like oh he's wearing look he's wearing these shoes you know like I, I remember like I think it was in, and also in the skate magazines like not as wearing LS and that's just wanting to find you know, LS. LS
1: tennis shoes and we're like we gotta find those. those and we yeah. never did and, I don't think we ever did find like, them you know and that's sort of where we started we thought it was okay to wear like because we saw guys like not us wearing basketball shoes as skate shoes, right? Yeah. Whereas like you know, you if you looked at the Palo Peralta guys, they were like they were just wearing airwalks or whoever was or Vans or whoever was sponsoring them. But like these these guys like notus and Gons were just wearing like whatever shoes and it you can wear, you can wear cons. You can wear basketball, you know. I can destroy a pair of Air Jordan ones. <laughs> skateboarding, you
0: which you did, yeah. Yeah, you had the first Air Jordans, and the the yeah the original what red and black ones, and uh, destroyed them yeah. skateboarding.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah, and and you know there were skateboarders in Brandon that were a couple of years older than us, like Deffen, of course, uh, who wasn't you know he was a BMXer, or like Chris Van Mulligan. Like there was skateboarders who were a couple years older than us, uh, you know Pete, um, who had, st- who you know, whose style that I'm sure I was, you know, Stefan was one of those guys who just was always dipped in everything, yeah. you know, like the skeleton crossbones vision shorts and, uh, you know, vision were beret and and just whatever whatever it was, you know, um, so I mean you would we would see guys like that who were a couple of years older than us and be like. I want i want that you know yeah you know in brandon a big part of it was trying to differentiate differentiate yourself from the from the jocks and the mainstream just just trying to be weird just and, for being weird weird for being weird
0: and uh you know and, and on that note being a weirdo in that town um you know i get into that sometimes in some of my songs over the years but you uh what do you remember about getting you know conflict because you're a weird skateboarder kid you remember having any issues or anything like that coming up in a, in a in a hockey town
1: well sure i mean uh i mean i remember in a hockey change room you know in the dressing rooms putting on my you know because i i played hockey well into my skateboarding year you know like I, like i said i started skateboarding when out in sixth grade, but I think I I stopped skating, I stopped playing hockey in ninth. And so there was a few years there where I was, you know, I was getting ostracized, mocked and made fun of because I was getting dressed after a game and I was putting on, you know, pink and gray shoes or, you know, putting on, you know, shirts that made no sense to these guys. And, you know, was, you know, I remember, yeah, I remember being all the time in the, in the in the in the i mean that's when i was through this these bullshit jocks and everything that they stand for. they're just they're just they're just they've got no idea what being cool is
0: yeah i mean i think i was lucky in that you know and you mentioned that there was not a jock not really maybe one half jock in our whole class through grade 8 and grade 9 like maybe a guy wanted a talk but didn't. But we, we had, had
1: converted him. Yeah, know, like there's the just end.
0: no, you know, how many guys were there even in this grade? Like eight, and of them, yeah, more than half had owned skateboards. So it was like you, you, you know, if
1: you were. Yeah, even guys a- like Richard went in and they had no business skateboarding, but they all had a skateboard at one point because we were like they were just, we were, the, that was what we did. All right, so let's get into another song
0: from the album. This is uh, the second signal from the album. This song is called 89 Big Green Limousine. So this is about, uh, it's the Big Green Limousine was what the uh, cool kids like me called the bus in Brandon, because all the buses in Brandon are green. And so the Big Green Limousine was obviously you taking Brandon Transit. And so the song is kind of about me taking Brandon Transit, which I did a lot, because I lived down on fourth street kind of downtown ish and a lot of stuff was nowhere near me the skate park was on the north hill and the snowboard area was on the north hill and then other times i'd have to take the bus all the way out to the west end where tyler lived and where all the cool kids lived and or you know you might have to take a bus to the south end so i found myself on the bus quite a bit so this is the big green limousine but the actual route that i took to go snowboarding and skateboarding on the north hill also had a lot of um people who were you know struggling mentally things like that and so this is kind of a story about a close encounter on the brandon transit system and me kind of not understanding it at the time so let's check this out this is 89 big green limousine I'm so much too young to, no one will give me a ride So I'm taking Bennett Transit and it's freezing cold outside All of us we snowboard at the mental hospital Not much of a run, but it's all that we got you know Living on the prairies means it's flat for miles around And we gotta take the bus, transfer downtown The big green limousine and it's pretty busy To and from the hospital, open since the fifties But they've had the budget cuts, so they left a few behind And those folks are on the bus, on the seat in front of mine one of them turns to me, says that she would stick me If she had a knife, kinda scary, kinda sickly At the time I laughed it off, later on it hit me The people that get left behind The people that get left behind Wandering among us But I never understood it on my youngness Cause the general public seems to treat them like a fungus The people that get left behind The people that get left The general public seems to treat
1: them like a fungus The people that get left behind
0: the Brandon transit information line at 728-9071 all right that's big green limousine and that is the second single from mac and big mac and row brandon and um it will be available on streaming services on june the 8th so check it out if you don't follow me on twitter already you can at big mac and row i can remind you about things like this and let's get back to my finish up the episode with my conversation with uh tyler Um, the last song I want to talk about is called big green limousine. It's kind of a song about, well, it starts about having to take the bus up to Mm -hmm. the North Hill and like us wanting to be snowboarders and having no Mm -hmm. snowboard spots. So let's talk a little bit about that first is how skateboarding culture, if you are a skateboarder, then you probably were a snowboarder too, or at least jumped on it for a little while there you jumped on it, right?
1: oh yeah 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 i hated and still hate winter i'm never really as much a fan of i didn't enjoy winter right but yeah we all did it yeah we all did it and so really
0: all we could do was um you know like the closest real ski hill i guess was Minnedosa, maybe but every weekend we would just go Mm -hmm. to the north hill which was basically at the brandon uh what is it called like the brandon mental hospital yeah. at the time or what was it called
1: yeah i think i mean maybe it had a a, a nicer name but it was just the mental hospital yeah and it was on the north hill brandon is in a valley and so uh to the um so it's in grand i think in grand valley um uh so there's a hill to the north and the called the north hill um and on the top of that hill on what is a mental hospital for those of us who had snowboards that had bought the 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 cheap ass canadian tire snowboards we we would go there you know and ride down the the hill for i know the run was would last you maybe maybe 10 seconds yeah maybe 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 15 seconds (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but those of us who didn't have the snowboards What we did was take old skateboard decks, turn them around backwards so that the the tail, which was, you know, at a higher angle than the nose back at that time, turn this tail, so turn it around backwards and then cut about about, uh, eight to 10 inches off of an old bicycle inner tube and screw those to the top of the old skateboard deck as bindings for your feet and then just skateboard down the hill on these homemade snowboards and Who this did was that? what they did, Who did if that? You didn't, i certainly did i certainly did, did. i had that old yeah i had that vision gonz the one with the with the underwater like where he's like a the yeah. uh, um you know the, the, the old the old um deep sea diving helmet on drawing on yeah, i remember specifically using that board screwing inner tubes to the top of it and Sliding my feet in as bindings and snowboarding down the hill on an old skateboard.
0: I thought everyone Ingenious. went to Canadian tire to get the Vera I think I thought it was called a Veraflex, And you could get the there's three mm-hmm. models. There's like
1: purple and green. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's the cheapest yeah. one I, was like I had $60. One. And then there's a next one up that had actual edges. I had the cheapest one. It didn't mm-hmm. have it didn't have metal edges. It just had plastic edges. And then I
1: ultimately got one of those. Yeah, but before that, I, I I just skateboarded on a down the hill backwards mm. <laughs> on a skateboard. I don't remember that. And that's I, hilarious. <laughs> and it was uh, it was pretty next level. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were. Uh, I mean, that's 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 who we were in Brandon. You know, you you ha- the have-nots figured out how to how to do it. You know, that's that was right. that was our ethos going into into making rap music too. It's like we just didn't we didn't know how to do it. We didn't have them. We didn't have the access to the, the, the gear, so we just, we just did what we could. There's a pretty accepting
0: town in that sense. And you mentioned this at the beginning where it was like all of weirdos knew each other. And so if somebody showed up with a busted ass backwards skateboard with an inner tube thing as bindings, you know, they wouldn't get clowned too much. It would be, you know, wasn't like there was, it wasn't too elite. Uh, no, no,
1: because we were all figuring it out together.
0: I think is what it was. All right, uh, thank you to Tyler for joining me today. Uh, I want to play a couple of real quick snippets before I sign off for the episode. Um, we talked about some of the music that we got on this infamous Quebec trip when we were in grade nine. Uh, we each went. We went on uh, a class trip to Quebec City and Montreal, and we got. We ended up shopping for a lot of music. So let's first hear what Tyler picked up in Quebec. This is. Uh, a very important record in in our lives as far as it really waking us up to a music that we would go on to obviously love and make which is hip-hop so this is de la soul and this is the jennifer taught me um 12 inch mix let's just hear a little bit of this
1: this song does not contain explicit lyrics but the thought is erotic oh baby Love-struck Dove is Dove's mode. Took a look, dropped my books. Jennifer, oh Jenny. Breakfast was our greetings. Yogurts and Bertie's what I fed. Slipped a note, rocked my yacht. Jennifer, oh Jenny, Jenny only thought about Jimmy, but didn't think about Darwin. The Jimmy who's only a virgin. Steady, we go. Jennifer Leb plugging a tune with Freedom. All right, I first heard so that. I got a copy oh, off of
0: Tyler when go so he got the 12-inch in Quebec City or Montreal. I'm not sure where. Um, in when we were in grade nine, so that would be 1989. And um, so we went on that trip, and he mentioned all the good music he got. And uh, obviously, that record being very important. Also, I got dubs of the two Public Enemy albums he got, and um, listened to those quite a bit as well probably wore out that tape um you know i probably had a tape with takes nation millions on one side and "Yo will bum rush the show on the other and just kept going back and forth i definitely like to take some nation of millions a bit better and uh, on that trip i remember tyler and i sharing a room and uh every time we could turn on the tv we turn on the tv and watch music plus which is the french version of uh much music, so we ended up watching Music Plus whenever we were just sitting around the um, the hotel room, and got uh, into got put onto this Quebec artist named Mitsu, which I ended up being a fan of, and I ended up buying the tape. I thought this song was really dope, so let's check this out. This is Mitsu, and the song is called La Corrida. still knocks, man. I like that. So what happened was I got that on tape, Mitsu, whatever the album was called, and that was the first song. Loved it. And so one time after the Quebec trip, so that would have been grade 9, Tyler and I were going to do a... we were supposed to enter a lip sync contest at school. So we are like, what should we do? Should we do Public Enemy? Should we do De La Soul? We couldn't decide because we didn't know the songs well enough to just go up there and really lip sync to um, you know, to like... Uh bring the noise by public enemy or whatever. It was like we weren't rappers yet or anything, so we didn't know. So, and of course we left it to the last minute, like the day we we're supposed to enter the lip-sync contest, we're like, what song are we gonna do? What song are we gonna do? Finally I say, Let's do this, let's do this Mitsu song. I know most of the lyrics, and you just dance. So we did we came out there dressed kind of like like we were, like streetwear rappers, kinda rappers or skaters but then we started dancing like crazy to Mitsu and I lip sync most of the lyrics and we won the contest microphone drop. That's how we do it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode two. I hope you enjoyed it. It was super fun to do super fun to talk to Tyler. I'm really excited about next our next episode, which drops in two weeks. Um, that will be with Stefan Goulet, who is an absolute legend in the van in the Brandon, um, skateboard scene, also a legend in the Winnipeg skateboard scene. And basically a legend in Canadian skateboarding, like just a, a man who's done a lot for skateboarding and, and all of what surrounds skateboarding, which is culture, music, uh, art, all that kind of stuff. So I have a long conversation with him that I'm going to edit down into a really great episode about, uh, you know, growing up in Brandon and trying to try to embrace the culture trying to make things happen for brandon youth which is something he did a lot of and then finally outgrowing brandon and and needing to move on which you know foreshadowed what i would do what tyler would do what a lot of us sort of more creative people would be forced to do um you know towards the end of our time in brandon so uh, looking forward to that. I want to once again thank UGS Meg for hosting the podcast. I want to thank Tyler Sneesby so much for taking the time to join me. And I want to thank you for listening. My name is Big Mac and Roe. I keep calling myself Mac and Roe by accident. It's been a long time as Mac and Roe, so I'm still getting used to it. Thank you for that. Um, I'm on social media at Big Mac and Roe on Twitter and on Instagram and um, peanutsandcorn.com dot, dot bandcamp.com all that good stuff thank you so much talk to you soon see you soon bye